Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we are back after a little more than a week from our last show. And we're here to entertain you as much as possible during, uh, you know, obviously the the given COVID-19 situation that's going on around the world. On this show, we will be talking about all kinds of stuff. Uh, Similar format to the last one. We'll be talking about some league news, uh, different things going on with the Anaheim Ducks. There's been some recent news about the team and, and plenty of fan questions, comments, Uh, Some shout outs that we'll do again. Really good feedback from you guys on Facebook and Instagram again as well. And uh, some other news around the league as well. Not not too much, but a little bit. And if you're if you're here to you know want to know about what's going on with the the virus in the world and all that stuff, you've come to the wrong place. We're not talking about that on this show, other than you know things that affect hockey and the Ducks. Uh, We know you guys are smart, and if you want to check out what's going on with you know all that other nonsense out there, I know you're overloaded with it. So this is the place to come back, hang out, relax, have some fun. And Eddie and I are going to talk about hockey and and different things that are going on with the Ducks and and some of the stuff as it affects the league. But we're not going to talk specifically uh, about world news. You guys can go listen to that that stuff and and you know do whatever you want with it. (laughs) There's plenty of it out there. So. We'll start this uh, one, Eddie. We'll go with some league news again. As we talked about on the last show, they had extended the self-quarantine period to April 6th. Now they're extending it to April 15th. And they also had a conference call with President Trump recently, along with several other sports commissioners. Um, and they basically what Trump wants to do is he wants to get uh, everybody back, he said. You know, he, they want to get back, uh, he quoted. Um, he also said, you know, quote, we want to open up our country again, end quote. And the deputy commissioner, uh, Daly, also weighed in on this from the NHL. He was on the uh, the fourth period's a serious channel. And he also talked about them trying to finish the actual regular season. He still was discussing that, the playoff formats. He mentioned the new April 15th deadline. And he talked about how they're going to reassess things at that time. So this is pretty interesting, Eddie. On the last show, we talked about, hey, what are, what are they going to do? We went over playoff scenarios you can go back and, and look at that. Uh, we talked about the teams that would qualify for the playoffs if they did a 16-team format. But given some of these updates, it's not a lot, a little bit of news. Uh, what do you think about the state uh, of the NHL now in the world and what's going on? And and you know, have you changed your opinion uh, as far as them playing the regular season or the playoffs or, or whatnot? No, I, I still, I, I, I said before, awarding the Stanley Cup should be the number one priority. Obviously, I'll say it again, safety is number one concern as long as everyone is safe. And once this this coronavirus crap goes away, we find a cure or it gets you know, handled and, and figured out where we can start going back to normal life. Uh, I think the number one goal should reward the Stanley Cup as far as regular season. Yeah, I want to see the rest of the games. I want to see this season not go to waste. But if we can't do it because of unforeseeable circumstances, then, you know, we can't. Um, as far as the playoffs, I, I, like I said, I don't want this whole 24-team, 
31 team, whatever, they're making some crazy numbers and add teams to the KHL. that They, they want to join the NHL now and add 30 team playoffs. No, I don't want to see that. I just want to see the, the teams that, that made that effort to get there. And, I mean, for, as far as the wild card spots, take the two wild card teams from each uh, from the west and the east and have them play the two teams below them and have a little mini playoff, one game, who gets in, who gets out, and go from there. But, like I said, besides the safety, and I'll say it again, the number one priority should be awarding the Stanley Cup. That that should be – that should take precedent – over anything and yeah it's gonna be it's gonna suck you might sacrifice uh the venue you're gonna play at you might not have your your home fans there but i mean you have to do what you have to do to kind of get this season back on track and to crown a winner it's it's gonna be a little bit inconvenient but i think at this point a lot of fans and a lot of people in the world just want to have some sort of uh normality back so if they just, you know, if they do something like that, yeah, some people might be upset. Season ticket holders, I feel sorry for you. But just to get the season back and award a Stanley Cup a champion, that should be number one goal. Yeah, I agree. And we talked about it on the last show, and that's why it was called awarding the Stanley Cup, question mark. And we said that we want them to finish the season in some way, shape, or form, even if it means saying, hey, the last you know couple weeks – games are you know kaput and then just play a shortened playoff thing is what we were talking about so part of the problem some of the things that have come up lately they've talked about in the media is trying to figure out locations to play these games in the state of virginia for example they have a stay-at-home order in place until june and the problem is um, that the washington capitals practice in virginia so there's an issue there uh, as far as jurisdictional stuff. And not everybody's doing the same thing, right? So uh, the city of Toronto also has orders in place until June. And their uh, province, Ontario, also has an indefinite order in place, just like the state of California and some other states as well. So, you know, there's just a lot of, unfortunately, not everybody's on the same page with these different orders as, as, as applies to the world and what's going on out there. So it's making it difficult for the league to say, okay, let's start at this specific time because certain states or certain cities or provinces or whatnot are not going to be able to allow events to occur until May or June. Um, you know, it just everybody's different. It's just you know, different governors are doing different things. It is what it is. So, one of the things that they talked about was finding other locations, and they talked about North Dakota is one place, which I thought was interesting. They were saying that there's an arena in Grand Forks there. They've had World Championships there. They could host some of the games there. And then the league is also looking at several other locations. So they could try to do that. Of course, that brings up more you know, logistical issues, the travel, hotels, scheduling, uh, fans showing up. Obviously, there's probably not going to be many, if any, especially if you're playing in an out-of-market location for both of the teams that are involved or however many teams that they're going to host in these different states. So I thought it was interesting that they looked up uh, North Dakota and that they're trying to look at several locations to do this. So that is a possibility, though. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that's difficult, Eddie, in my opinion. I, I think that's a logistical nightmare uh, as far as trying to figure that out. To me, I, I would think that they would maybe try to start up their training camp stuff in June. And then if they had an abbreviated playoff uh, situation in July and maybe finish it you know, the last week of July or the first week of August, something like that. If they're able to do it, that that's kind of what I'm more looking at. I, I think the deputy commissioner is super positive and he wants to finish some of the regular season games because he was talking about, 
know, the players getting some kind of a warm-up going into the playoffs, which I understand that. But at this point in time, with so many varying orders in place going into the beginning of summer now, you know, I, for me, I, I don't see playing the regular season as much of an importance anymore. Uh, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but I think that they could do an abbreviated playoff scenario in July, Eddie. Yeah, I mean, I'll take that. If we have to sacrifice the, the regular season so we can get the playoffs rolling and work the Stanley Cup, that'd be great. Um, if they can work it out where every team could play their, their one last game for the fans, that'd be great too. Um, there's players that are going to retire that aren't on playoff teams if they can just get that, that final game that they can play so that they can be with peace and they can retire on their own time and not be forced to. That'd be great too. The funny thing is, a little true story about my personal life, I always told my friends that I wanted to go to South Dakota because I want to see Mount Rushmore. I, I want to see it in person. I never got the chance to. And, and I mean, with everything going on now, circumstances, I want to travel even more to see that. So it's like if they start having games in North Dakota, then if I'm able to travel at that time, then why not I to go travel to South Dakota, see Mount Rushmore, have a few beers, South Dakota, travel to North Dakota and watch a hockey game. So that would be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's one little positive I can see, our silver lining I can see from this. But, I mean, like I said, if we have to sacrifice the regular season, it's going to suck um, as long as we get playoffs going. I remember talking offline about the 1919 uh, playoffs, the Spanish flu. They had to cancel it. And I thought it was pretty intriguing. Um, unfortunately, there's a, a few of uh, the Montreal Canadian players that had it. Uh, one passed away, like you mentioned, Mike. Um, so... Their coach wanted to forfeit and just give it to Seattle. Well, Seattle didn't want it. They didn't want to win the Stanley Cup in, in a forfeit manner, and they ended up just canceling the season, and no cup was awarded. Um, like you said too, Mike, that was a, a different situation. I'll let you explain that. But I, I don't think there's any, uh, you know, there's any real threat right now to cancel this whole season and not award a Stanley Cup. Uh, it's only a matter of time before – you know, we, we figure out the situation and we just keep standing together and, and staying home, which sucks. Trust me, I know it. And I, I'm going crazy too. Like my, my mental illness, it's it just, everything just flares up. There's times where I'm sleeping until five, six in the afternoon because I don't want to be awake and deal with not doing, be able to do anything. I'm a prisoner in my own house. But I mean, if we all stick together, we can all get this through, you know, get through this together and and go back to normal, and then we'll just be stronger uh, for this. Like uh, we say, uh, united we stand, divided we fall. Yeah, I mean, you bring up several good points in there. Uh, I'll touch on the mental health aspect because some people have reached out to us, especially after the last show, by the way, which was one of the most popular shows that we've had this year. And it's during the time when there's no hockey going on. So <laughs> the last show was a, a success, but a lot of people reached out. They had the same kind of concerns that you have Eddie uh, about mental health being at home not able to do things on lockdown and whatnot and obviously if you're in California it's very difficult if you're in some other states you don't have as many restrictions and whatnot uh, again not, not going into the bigger topic of what's going on in the world but just as it applies to this hockey and trying to figure out stuff so some of you reached out and said you really appreciate us that we keep on doing the shows as a distraction and we're going to keep on doing them Fortunately, we, we've had news, so that's been the good part of it. And uh, we've got to thank all of you out there. Lots of fan questions and comments and, and topics to talk about. There will be sprinkled throughout the show as well. So you guys help make this show as well. We're in this together. We're united, as Eddie has uh, mentioned. Uh, going back to what you talked about, 
1919, right? The Spanish flu. So I had this discussion with some of my friends recently. We were on a, on a Zoom chat because that's a thing that a lot of people are doing now, right? And we talked about that. So it was way worse than what's going on right now, uh, at least because we know that the Spanish flu is over. But uh, roughly a third of the population was affected by it or and or killed by it. So when that happened in the Stanley Cup in 1919, they only needed to play one more game to award a champion, um, which Eddie was the one that reminded me of this. I, I totally forgot that that this was the year that they didn't finish it, but they had one game left to play. That was it uh, to finish it, and they and they couldn't do it. So that that was the one time that the Stanley Cup wasn't awarded. One game away, unfortunately, so close. But I, I like the part that you talked about with each coach trying to give each other team the uh, the trophy. And they wouldn't. Have, neither one would accept it. They, they, you know, they stayed together and like, nope, you know. So, uh, just something to look up. You know, go back and look up the 1919 Stanley Cup uh, championship, and you and a little bit of a history lesson there, if you will. So, something interesting to talk about. But as far as that happening then and that happening now, a lot of you are concerned about this. We had poll questions on it. We had fan questions on it. Uh, what was going to happen? Uh, I asked on Facebook what all of you thought. And about 80% of you thought that they should cancel everything, the season, the playoffs, because of the way uh, everything keeps getting pushed back, trying to figure out the, the draft, the award show, doing obviously next season would have to have a delayed start. So that was a lot of your uh, concerns was trying to logistically do it all that you felt canceling it was better. Some of you, though, didn't think that and had some other ideas as well. We'll discuss some of those right now. Uh, I think one perspective that I liked on here, Eddie, and we'll talk about it, was Chris Latore on Facebook. He took it as a Ducks fan, and he took it as a hockey or NHL fan. And I, and I like how he kind of broke it up into two different things. He talked about, well, hey, we knew the Ducks season was over. We talked about it before, how they weren't mathematically out of it, but <laughs> they pretty much had to win every single game and then get tons of help to even make the playoffs. And he mentioned, well, as a Ducks fan, it's almost like the season doesn't count. If we cancel it out, then it's like whoop-de-doo. We start over next year, and there you go. And, I, you know, as a Ducks fan, he's right. I mean, this season doesn't really matter to us that much. Uh, and I think that's why a lot of you feel like, hey, if it's canceled, it's canceled. But then he brought in the other side of this, too, is, hey, if you're an NHL fan or a fan of a team that could be one of those 16 teams in the playoffs or, or another team, depending on what, however it shakes out, then he would feel different about it. You would want the season to probably finish or at least the playoffs to finish in some way and have the cup awarded. So I thought that was a good perspective, Eddie. He, he took two different viewpoints on this. What did you think about Chris's comments? I loved it. And I like to, say, I like to I consider myself a more of an NHL fan than a Ducks fan. And I know a lot of fans that listen to the show, they appreciate that because I'm not just... You know, I'm not just talking about how much the Ducks are the greatest team in the world, 110%, because there's sometimes there's drawbacks, and they don't play like it, and we have to call them out. And a lot of fans like that. I love this game to death. This game, I love this game the same as I love my family, the same religion I have. This game means everything in my life to me, and I owe my life to this game. So I really like how he just this 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 compare and contrast kind of thing, and he kind of just Ducks fan versus NHL fan. The Ducks fan, yeah, I can see you know all, all the the positives and stuff like that, the pros on it. Um, NHL fan, it's just all the cons. And like I said, I, I I'd like to say that I'm that NHL fan first. Uh, if you want to just climb down one step of the flight of stairs, like one little tiny step, that's where the Ducks lie for me. Um, it's just 
regardless to me, it just still sucks because there's a lot of the players in the Ducks that, you know, that were having good seasons. Henrique was having a fantastic season. Uh, some of the rookies were finding their game. Uh, the, t- the team has seemed uh, to be clicking these last uh, the last few games they played. Even when they that last game against uh, St. Louis, that makeup game, they still lost it, but they still played well against a Stanley Cup defending team. And so I wanted to see what the rest of the season was going to hold for us and hold for the Ducks and, and see what we're going to, like a little preview of sample size of what we're going to see uh, from next season. So that's the only thing bad. Um, like I said, I don't mind if the regular season gets you know, canceled, but as long as we have the playoffs and we get to see some hockey and and like I said too, just have that one final game for each team. Let the players that aren't going to come back next season just have a chance to say goodbye in their own arena. Have the fans wish them a farewell. Like even if the fans aren't there, just uh, they could be on TV watching and and whoever you're a fan of, which which. Every team you follow, and you can just see, you know, a certain player that you like, and you you grew up watching to see him have his final game. Because let's just, you know, hypothetically say that it was just a, uh, you know, th- this year it was a Slani's last year. Like, I mean, I would not want to see him go out like this because the the season got canceled by this unforeseeable circumstance. It's it's sad and it sucks. So I'd rather have the players go out on, I guess, their own term. And so if that final game would be, you know, cool for me. But I love the question. I love how you can you broke it down and compared it because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of Ducks fans who are like, oh, okay, cool, good, doesn't count. But they don't really take the perspective of the NHL fan, which is not not wrong at all. Like they have their dedication and their passion and love for the Ducks, which is awesome and 100 percent cool. But I like how you just, you know, you thought outside the box with this question. So thank you for that. Yeah, I thought it was a really great response. That was probably one of my favorite ones on Facebook um, that he talked about. You know, we also had a Twitter poll, too. I'll, th- I'll throw it out here, too. The voting was a little bit different on there. You all know on Twitter you can do more um, options, obviously. In Facebook, you really can't. Uh, on this one, we asked if you would want playoffs only, regular season and playoffs, or just cancel everything. And on there, it was 42% of you said playoffs, 38% said cancel, and 20% said, you know, try to finish everything. So a little bit of a more of a mixture there on Twitter, uh, you know, pretty even there between playoffs only or canceling it, which is more of the two answers I'm leaning towards. And that's what we had more fan questions about. Uh, we had uh, Damon and uh, Joe, they both talked about canceling the regular season and just doing the playoffs, which is, uh, like we said, what, what's the majority picked on Twitter. And, I, I, you know, that's kind of what we're leaning towards. I, I like uh, Joe's idea on here, similar to what Eddie and I talked about on the show uh, last time. He said, uh, you know, pick the best eight teams, have uh, the five-game playoffs, which is what we talked about, uh, except for the Stanley Cup, have the seven games. We talked about something similar. We said, hey, yeah, you pick the best eight teams like they, they've been doing. But we said uh, possibly have five games for the first two rounds and then seven for the conference finals and seven for the Stanley Cup. But yeah, even then, if they did five for the conference finals, I wouldn't be upset with that, Eddie. I think, again, it's gonna if they're able to do the, the playoffs, it's going to have to be some kind of abbreviated form like this. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm not sure if Joe is asking like, just like the best eight teams uh, total are the best eight teams like in the whole entire league. Like I, I'm not sure, but if you're asking just the best eight teams in the whole entire league, I'm kind of iffy on that because you're going to have Boston, St. Louis, Colorado, Tampa Bay, Washington, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Golden Knights, and that's going to round off your eight. But if you have eight on each side with five games each, that would be cool. And you know what? At this point, I'll accept 
and I'll change what I said last week. I'll take that five-game matchup for the the Western Conference Final and the Eastern Conference Final. As long as you get the seven games for the Stanley Cup, I think that that'd be good enough. Um, as far as the best eight teams total, I don't really like that. But if it comes down to the point where we're jeopardizing uh, most of next season or we're thinking about canceling the whole entire this season and not awarding a Stanley Cup playoffs – then screw it. Go ahead and do the just the, the best of eight teams this season and do that format that you mentioned about play five-game playoffs except for the Stanley Cup where you play seven, and I'll take that. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm not 100% sure if he meant just the eight teams in the entire league or if he meant the eight teams as far as uh, you know each uh, conference or whatnot. But I'm with you. I, I'd rather if it's you know the eight each, that's what I'd want them to try and do. And finish it out that way. Obviously, whatever they do try to do, it's going to have abbreviated series. I don't see them having seven-game series for every single round uh, in the summertime. There's just no way. Like a lot of you have concerned, you talked about, hey, how are they going to play uh, these games and then push back the season along with the draft and as well as the award show and different things like that. They're going to have to try to figure out this stuff and, and try and squeeze it all in there. So. Either way, it's going to have to be compacted if, in fact, they do do it, which is what uh, some of you have uh, asked, too. Uh, we had Melissa ask on Facebook if they were going to cancel the season, not award a cup. And also uh, S Elder 67 uh, said the same thing. Well, we're kind of asked how will they end the season. You know, I'm still leaning towards this abbreviated playoff format. As of right now, the time we're recording the show, uh, of course, something could change by the time you listen to this or, or later on in the next week or two. But... Um, as it's looking now, that that's where I'm leaning towards some kind of abbreviated playoff system uh, and no regular season, Eddie. That's what I would think. And then, unfortunately, if not, then yes, they would have to cancel it. Yeah, um, man, that, that word "cancel" just just like bothers me still. Like I really sucks. Hope, yeah, I really hope it doesn't uh, get to that. Um, this changes something. The more positive thing that popped in my mind right now is a. Uh, and thank you for retweeting this, Mike. But the Ducks did too. That uh, I got into that stupid TikTok dance challenge thing. Um, <laughs> I forgot what song it was, but they kept bothering me. Like my my friend and his girlfriend and her kids, they they kept wanting me to do this TikTok thing with them. I was like, I'm not gonna do that crap. Like hell no. Then I made an agreement with them. Hey, well, if you guys all wear hockey jerseys, then I'll do it. And then one of the the youngest kids said, Well, you can wear your hockey equipment. Like, okay, that's a good idea. So. My agreement was I'll wear I chose my goalie equipment and they all wear Ducks jerseys and it was pretty funny. I had a good time uh, for nice little 20, 30 minutes and I was putting on my gear and you know having a few drinks with my buddy and then you know just picking out the jerseys for everybody. Like I felt normal for a little bit and it was a fun little video and I'm I can't believe the Ducks retweeted that. That was pretty awesome. And then of course, thank you Mike for retweeting that on Ducks and Pucks and I think it for a little, you know, that 30-second video got people laughing and smiling and stuff. So, I mean, that was pretty funny. That leads me to uh, Jimmy and Darlene's uh, comment. I don't know if you want to go ahead and read that, Mike. <laughs> that was the – I, I want to agree with them. It's pretty cool. I love their comment. I think this is going to be a fun one for Ducks fans. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we, we appreciate the, uh, the nonsensical stuff too and the humorous stuff as well. So – they were both on Facebook, and they said, "Hey, let's just cancel the season and give the Ducks the Stanley Cup." Delorean <laughs> and Delorean MVP of the playoffs. That's it. <laughs> there you uh, go. Guys, That's go. it. <laughs> Ducks Stanley Cup champions, Delorean MVP. <laughs> this is the unrealistic ending to the 2019-20 season, brought to you by Eddie and Mike. 
Courtesy of Jimmy and Darlene. <laughs> oh, man. Freaking DeLorean has 20 goals, 14 assists, 32 fights in the playoffs. That's it. MVP. <laughs> Oh uh, well, you have to entertain. You have to entertain the funny stuff. I mean, come on, you know, like you said, that video you made was hilarious. Um, it was so funny because you're at the end there, and you're, you're all dancing and doing some, uh, some, some, you know, thrusting moves and stuff. I was cracking up when I watched that. You know what? That, and that video wasn't easy to make because uh, my buddy and his girlfriend they love photography and videography, and it's do it again, do it again. Do it again, over and over and over again. I was sweating like hell. Like I played a full game. I think that video took about almost an hour to make because they kept. And then it turns out the second video we made, they wanted to keep. So it's like <laughs> all the other ones after that, they didn't want. I'm like I had to take a break to use the restroom, which sucked. I mean, my goalie equipment. I had to take a break to have a beer. It was like, dude, you guys are stressing me out. Like it's not that. It's a stupid TikTok video. You guys are acting like you're gonna make a million dollars off of it. No, do it again. I don't look good. Hold on. Let me put makeup on my buddy. I guess his face was a little red because he was drinking too. Babe, put makeup on me. Just a little bit of foundation. I don't want my face to be red. I'm like, oh my God, dude. Like, come on. It's just a video. Like, damn. But it was fun. And you know what? The most important thing, the kids had fun. And then they started asking more questions about the jerseys. So, of course, it got me entertained. I kept talking about the jerseys and stuff. Then we ended up playing some NHL 20 again, which was cool. I like hanging out the, 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 the I like hanging out with their kids because they're not my kids. Like if I had three kids of my own, hell no, I'd probably lose my mind pulling out my hair. But it was cool because I could just hang out with them. I could just go back to my room and then she can leave and he can go upstairs. And it, it was fun though. It was a fun night. We barbecued and I felt normal for a little bit. It, it felt good, except being in that goalie equipment all that time. It was just nuts how how much people can just try to like be perfect for stupid TikTok videos. Well, hey, you probably lost some weight, man. You probably sweated out some oh, stuff. Yeah. going. <laughs> some did. water weight, at least. <laughs> I felt a little lighter the next morning. I woke up like, man. Oh man, uh, that'll lead us to another topic later on in the show. We'll talk about you know doing stuff at home and whatnot. But uh, you brought up one thing that was uh, uh, interesting too is that the Ducks retweeted your video on Twitter, and they've been giving us uh, more love uh, recently on social media. So you know, I want to give a shout out to their team because they they've been uh, commenting on things that we've posted even on our personal accounts they've been commenting on stuff too so uh you know to see them get more involved not just with us but you guys out there too and the fans as well is great and i think it's a win for everybody and kind of leads us into our next segment about the team uh you know you gotta you know we're talking about being the, the the ducks and being proud of them but you have to be proud of these owners um henry and susan samuelli again continued payments for their part-time employees which was freaking amazing and they're doing it all the way through june and it's not just the honda center employees they're they're every uh location where the rinks are at they're including them there uh, this goes for the goals too and it goes for jt smiths as well that uh eddie and i uh, go there uh, sometimes before the game so i mean this is huge eddie for them to do that is amazing because some teams aren't doing it or some teams are kind of doing some stuff here or there and, and I'm not trying to put down other teams or anything. But I I, I mean, I just, uh, if you have to just be super happy to be a Ducks fan and be proud of these owners, Eddie. Yeah, and you know what? You, you say you don't want to put down other teams, I'm going to do it. Because if you're a, an owner of another team and you, you aren't doing this, you're a piece of shit. You have a lot of money. You can't sacrifice what's going on and take care of your employees that sit there and break their backs for you, that make their money, that smile. Every usher you walk in 
especially in Honda Center. Uh, yeah, I complain about the security staff, but every usher I've had experience with, the bartenders, uh, the people that serve the food, um, the janitors that sit there and that jump up there and clean up things real quick. Every person you ask a question, they're just they're they're smiling. Everyone in the JD lounge, um, smiling, happy, uh, talking about hockey with you. It's just making that experience of the game that much more memorable. Uh, even JT Smith's now um, now it's owned by Honda Center apparently I think right. But um, they're always friendly. They're always nice. It's just. A great, they kind of add to that experience of going to a game. And, and, you know, I'm glad. I was so proud to be a Ducks fan. These owners are awesome. Like, I, I that's just, their hearts are, are bigger. And, and oh man, it's, it's it leaves me speechless. There's other teams. I'm not going to throw them out. One of the teams that I do follow and I like a lot, they're not doing this. And it's really sad. And I lost respect for that, the, the ownership of that team. But this was just one of the most amazing things I've I've read in my life, uh, especially being the biggest hockey fan as, as I am, and then everything that's going on right right now, like with me personally, it's it's not easy just having to deal with my mental stuff and being stuck at home all the time and and what's going on and you know not being able to see my parents a lot that I want to go see them. Uh, just seeing this like brought tears to my eyes, and I was just so happy. And I'm so glad for all the employees that 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 day in and day out bust their ass, you know, to just make an honest dollar and to to give us that best experience. It, it just I can't really just put the best words to describe this feeling. It's just amazing, and I thank the owners. And I really hope that come next season I can actually see them in person. I can shake both their hands and I can thank both of them for doing this beautiful gesture. Yeah, I mean, we know a lot of people that work at Honda Center, JT Smith's, and other locations and whatnot. So for them to have this happen is just beyond, uh, it's like speechless because, you know, I've talked to certain people about this and some people don't realize, you know, uh, this is uh, their primary source of income. You know, they, they work the Angel Games also as another source. So they go, you know, between the two uh, facilities. So, uh, you know, a lot of people that this this is huge for them. This is going to keep people uh, from you know losing their houses, apartments, condos, whatever. You know, making uh, hopefully the car payment if they need to do that, buy groceries. I mean, basic stuff that they're trying to take care of. Uh, it's amazing. And uh, Tim Ryan uh, had a little statement that I'll read, and it talks about the effect. This is a lot of people that affects. He said that the uh, quote Samuel family's primary concern is the welfare of their employees. Today is another example of their kindness, generosity, and support for the local community. As a result of their decision, 2,100, let me repeat, 2,100 dedicated part-time staff and members will have one less immediate concern during this significant health crisis. We join them in wishing everybody good health during this unprecedented time. I mean, that's, that's you know, that many people, I mean, that's a shit ton. Pardon my French. I mean, that's just amazing. And what what's even more too, Eddie is still more good news is that they delayed payments for season ticket holders and Orange Alliance members too. They did that uh, before and now they're delaying that till June 15th. So, I mean, you look at the stuff that the Ducks organization and these owners are doing. Uh, I mean, we should just all be super thankful. I mean, this is just amazing stuff that they're doing. They're, they're taking care of their employees. They're taking care of their season ticket holder slash Orange Alliance members. They're doing everything that they can to help us here 
And uh, I just have the utmost respect for them, Eddie. I mean, it, it, it just, I, I lost words when I saw, I mean, they did it the first time with the tickets and the employees, but to do this again is obviously stuff got more and more updated as it continues to get updated with the world events is just, it's commendable. It's just awesome. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I remember the, the very first time I saw uh, one of their employees uh, post about it, and I ended up uh, starting, uh, sending him a message and talking to him about it and seeing if he wanted to share. He didn't want to name his name, or he, or, he or she. They didn't want to name their name. They wanted to remain anonymous, but they sent me the email that they got. Um, I verified that with a couple other posts I've seen and a couple other you know, people I wrote. And I remember when I first posted it, uh, you wrote me, Mike, like, hey, well, where'd you hear this from? Because you didn't really see it because the Ducks didn't right. say a damn thing about it. Like, they didn't, you know, they didn't need to. It just, that gesture. Blew up. Yeah, and that gesture. And then the, the very next morning, then everyone starts reporting on it. But, uh, yeah, just that gesture and them not going out there and like, hey, look what we're doing. Blah, blah, blah. No, they just, they did it for their employees because they cared about their employees. And then obviously we heard it, and then the next day other media sites heard it, and then it started you know blowing up and reporting. But they didn't want it just for that pat in the back. They want it because they genuinely cared about their employees, and that's what makes them. I I, I want to say the the very best owners in the league or maybe in sports. That gesture and then not them not wanting any. Like I bet you anything, you can go and thank them, and they won't want to be thanked for this gesture. They did it from the bottom of their heart. Like it just amazing people it's just, i i can't believe it it's it's like you said it's i'm a loss for words yeah i mean that was a good point you brought up was the first time around they didn't even announce it <laughs> i mean you you put it out there first and then other like you said other people followed suit and started putting out things but it didn't come from the team originally and as you said that's like even more selfless you know they're they're not they're looking for oh look at us we helped out everybody they sent out an email to everybody said hey we're going to help you out for you know the, the rest of this month and then it blew up and then obviously they, they made one for the next one because you know it's, it was a bigger deal several months and it affected all these kinds of different people and whatnot so yeah amazing stuff just you know the ducks team in general the social media all the employees everybody uh, we just thank you for everything you guys have been doing this last couple of months it's it's been amazing um i just i just really appreciative you know and I, I keep up the good work you guys have just been killing it uh with everything you guys are doing and keeping fans entertained on social media and all the positive vibes that you guys are sending that's what we need to hear right now we don't need to hear negative stuff you know what i mean eddie oh yeah and, and that video the ducks posted your social media team posted yes that was that that was just it made me feel good it, it made me feel it wasn't just like oh it's, you know just it, it, it made me feel like that video was meant out of love for their fans. And that's how I got it. And that's how I felt. And I, I really appreciated that. I saw other teams' fan bases really commenting and appreciating what they did too. And just, like I said, that video was made out of love. And I, I thank them for that. Um, especially a lot of us, when you don't feel you can make it another day, it's just like, oh my God, again, like, what am I going to do? You see a video like that, it just forces you to like, to put a smile on your face like okay you know what we got this let's do it we're all in this together like you know they helped me let, let me go and spread that cheer let me retweet it let me forward it let me uh, text my friends and you know my hockey group chat like yeah i know most of you guys aren't ducks fans but look at this video like you know they just they care about this sport they care about their fans and it's just, that was just amazing no absolutely that video was awesome it gave me chills watching it and 
like like we've been saying, they've been doing a great job, um, you know, with everything they've been doing. And, uh, you know, another thing that they've been active with too, Eddie, is even though the season's on pause, is I called it the uh, the Anaheim signing party. The Ducks have uh, been bringing on a lot of players, you know, officially with their uh, entry-level contracts. So if you missed it, uh, this last week or so, the Ducks uh, signed Trevor Zegras, uh, Jack Bedini, Hunter Drew, and Roman Derny. So there's some newer guys in the fold here that are locked down now in these contracts. I'll give a little bit of details about each contract. And then a lot of you had fan questions about the youth of the team and whatnot. We'll kind of talk about that. But uh, I guess first off, uh, of course, Zegras is the big one. Everybody was excited about that. They had mentioned at the Hockey Hot Stove that he wanted to turn pro uh, from GM Bob Murray. He was talking about that. So he ended up signing his deal for three years, uh, just short of $3 million, uh, with a couple uh, performance bonuses of 850000 for uh, each of the couple years. And then shortly after that, we had Benini and Drew that were signed around the same time. Uh, Benini's is a two-year deal uh, worth $1.6 million, and his has a $20,000 uh, performance bonus for the next coming season. Uh, Drew's contract ended up being a three-year entry-level deal for uh, just under $2.4 million, uh, with no performance bonuses. And then you had Derny that signed a two-year entry-level contract at $1.7 million total. Uh, with some uh, performance bonuses for next season of 130000 So they brought in all these guys. I mean, we, we knew they were pretty much going to sign entry-level deals. There wasn't much of a surprise. But good to see this, Eddie, as, as we talked about throughout the season, the youth movement. Uh, you know, we're not doing this retooling. We don't like to call it retooling. We call it rebuilding. This is the future of the team right now. These are the guys that they're trying to bring up. Uh, you know, and, and lead this team in the next couple seasons. And that's what a lot of people ask or about is, you know, how these guys are all going to fit in. But what did you think about these four guys getting these uh, entry-level deals done and, you know, how it's going to help the team? I like them. I think they're they're all going to have an opportunity to prove themselves come training camp. And I can see each one of them have you know, at least playing a few games uh, for the Ducks. Obviously, uh, there's some names that are bigger, uh, high-profile names that people have more expectations of than others, but I could see everyone getting an equal opportunity to, to make this roster and have a factor in this. Um, I was going to ask you, like, I, I didn't have a chance to go look at it, but are these contracts, um, you know, starting next year, since this season's kind of a, you know, if, you know, if, if they do have, you know, start the, the regular season this year, is there like some kind of clause in there, like, to play a certain amount of games? This season, and they won't burn a year off their contracts next season. I know they have that ten game things, and you know normally, but is there something that says that hey, well, you get to play at least a minimum of X amount of games to be, you know, you know, qualify? Or if not, it, you just sign a contract and you can play the remaining of the games. But since it's a shortened season, it's going to be condensed. It's not going to burn a year off your contract. I know some other teams that signed their free agents had something similar to that, where they were signed but if they did play this season it's not going to affect next season since you know what's going on right now i'm not sure if if you saw if you read anything about that on cap friendly yeah basically they should all go to next season because like you said there there is that rule where if you uh the 10 game rule if you play more than that you can burn the first year of your entry-level contract with the Ducks. So there was 11 games left in the rest of the season, right? If, if say, they signed all these guys and they, they played all 11 games, they would burn their first year of their entry-level contract. But 
that's not going to happen because either the season's not going to finish or they're not going to play them, uh, you know, in, in 10 games this season. There's that. I mean, that wouldn't happen even if they finish out the rest of the season. So these contracts, they're listed on cap friendly and you'll see them. They're all listed starting at 2020-21 is when these contracts are listed on there. Uh, it looks like, I believe, for all of them, they're listed on there. Uh, the only one is uh, Dostal's listed for this current season. That, I'm not sure why. But all the rest are listed starting this year. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, this coming year. So that's how it's going to work you know, for all, all of them because they're not going to be able to play those games um, and whatnot. So they're going to be... Uh, starting their deals fresh come next season, which is kind of what some of the people asked too. Is uh, you know, we had one of the, uh, the fans asked us about the younger players and and how all this is going to work out in terms of. We had Adam on Facebook asked, you know, there's all these new guys, Zegras, Steele, Terry Jones. These other guys are signing, you know, you know as well. He's and he says that you know all these guys could play in the NHL, but how, how is that going to kind of work for? the the team because trying to fit everybody in there and we also had um the jack esko on instagram asked similar question as well so you know the way it's going to work with these guys is they're not all going to get to play it's just the way it is if you look at cap friendly and you look at how many ufas there are at the end of the season and rfas and whatnot there's, there's not a whole lot. So, I mean, you've got Milano, Juice, and Larson that are RFAs. You know, most of them probably come back at the end of the season. You've got uh, Delzato, Irwin that are UFAs. Uh, Eves, we know, is coming off already, right? We talked about him uh, retiring way back at the beginning of the season. Uh, Miller's probably the biggest question mark. We, we think he was going to retire at the end of the season, but with all this nonsense happening, unfortunately, we don't know what his status is. But either way, that that's only a couple players' names on there that might not return. So... Obviously, that's not going to create enough room because you've got nine or ten new guys trying to come up and make up this lineup. So, you know, to answer Adam's question, I don't think that they're going to fit in next season. Uh, a handful of them will, but not all of them, obviously. But once we get to the 21-22 season is when things are really, really going to get interesting. And that's when I want to see because that's when Getzloff is a UFA. We don't know if he's going to retire, uh, if he's going to try and do a Tamu thing and sign on for another year or go to another team. I mean, who knows, right? You have Bacchus, who probably won't come back. He's a UFA then. Uh, Rowney's also in there. We don't know if he would come back or not. Uh, Agazino too. So, you know, you got some empty holes there coming up on the forward area. And uh, you also have Good Branson that's a UFA, which I, I would think they'd want to bring him back. But, you know, who knows? Again, this is two years out. So, for me, I wouldn't look at next season for a lot of these young guys to get into the lineup. And... Honestly, I don't know if that would be the right answer anyways, Eddie. I think some of these guys, you still want to have them playing in the minors and these other leagues, uh, developing until they're they're ready. I mean, obviously, uh, this group, Zegras is the one that everybody is super hyped on and think that he could play next season uh, permanently, and, and that could happen. He, I mean, he, he is the one that we're looking at. You saw what he did in the World Juniors, which was awesome. Um, you know, I, I, I do say temper expectations a little bit. You know, I don't want to put too much pressure on this guy. Um, you know, he's, he's one of the biggest prospects uh, for Ducks fans that are looking at. And don't get me wrong, he's a, a great player. But, you know, uh, he may not necessarily play with the team, you know, permanently next year. But we'll have to see what happens. You know, there's still a lot of stuff in flux. But I, he has the best chance for sure, I would say, to make that team. Or at least out of these new guys to see a lot of ice time. 
Um, but I really think for me, Eddie, it's the 21-22 season where we're going to see most of these guys with the team uh, on a full-time basis. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, like, there's no point to rush them, especially we're in this rebuilding process. Like, why bring them up just to kind of like, I guess, I guess, lower their confidence. They're going to be playing against way better teams. Um, they're not going to get that much ice time. Uh, they're not going to get that much time on the power play. Someone like Zegris. Put him down with, with the goals. Let him uh, let him let him lead minutes in the goals. Let him get that first you know first you know you know quarterback to power play if he can, or get those those first line power play minutes and let him eat, like, eat up all those minutes and just just build his confidence more and let him get comfortable with that kind of style of play. Now, especially the AHL, it's a really competitive league. Uh, let him get that and then bring him up. Now, obviously, if he's you know, comes in training camp, he does the preseason, he could prove that he's ready to play and he belongs up there. Okay, then why not? And if he's going to just, if you're going to give him that opportunity in those minutes, then bring him up. But don't prematurely bring up players. I mean, look what Edmonton did. And I, I bring up Yakupov because he was a, a really a first round draft pick, a great player. And he had the, the, the skill, the hockey sense, the, the scoring touch, the smooth skating, and fundamentals would be a great hockey player. And I think the reason why he didn't pan out, not because he's a bust, I think because Edmonton just, they prematurely threw him in a, a, a situation he wasn't ready for. And it kind of just ultimately kind of like led to his, you know, I guess his, his bust status. And it was their fault. And they like to, to bring up those prospects and throw them in the mix and see what happens. It, it's it's a gamble, and I, I don't like that at all. Yeah, McDavid's one of those players that are one of a kind, and, and yeah, you can throw him in there and he'll he'll succeed. He's just a, a talented player. You can't you know deny him that. But it just I I wouldn't want the Ducks. I'm glad the Ducks don't do that. Adam actually brought up a good point too. He talked about the fourth line, the importance of the fourth line. Why not put more skilled players? Um, I guess like positive offensive energy. Um, I say to look at the, um, the series against the Bruins and the Blues in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I mean, it makes like some people think it makes sense to put more skilled players and less physical or grinding players in the fourth line. But Boston Bruins were the better team all around last season. The Blues won the Cup and won every series and battled their way to a playoff spot because they had those bottom, those sandpaper kind of guys that just, just beat the hell out of your team that make them not want to go in those dirty areas that took away that time and space. And and they had those bottom-line players really go out there and, and just destroy the other team. I mean, you look what Boston did at the trade deadline. They brought some more uh, physicality to their lineup because they knew they couldn't compete if they didn't have those physical kind of players. Hence the Stanley Cup, and they lost it. They didn't have that, that kind of that grit to their lineup as the Blues did. And the Blues broke them down, and they just, you know, used their speed after they were broken down and their talent to kind of overpower them and win. There is no reason why the Blues should have won. They were dead last come January, what, second or third? Dead last in the league. They just turned up a, a, a notch. All their bottom row players had a really big importance into that to get them to the, to the playoffs. And then once in the playoffs, they just, those bottom role players, I'm not saying they were the only thing that made them win because they had great goaltending from Bennington. They had their offensive uh, players producing, but I think a main part of it, if they didn't have those role players, those bottom six players, those grinding players that you know that you wanted to replace with more skilled ones, the Blues would not have won the Stanley Cup, and I don't even think the Blues would have made the playoffs if they didn't have those kind of players to kind of like 
to, to energize them with the physicality and kind of beat the crap out of the opponent to allow the other team or their players and their star players to have that time and space to score and get those points and to relieve some pressure off Bennington at times. Yeah, I mean, you do want some skill, in my opinion, on the fourth line. But I like what you're talking about there, Eddie, when looking at you know how they did in the playoffs last year and whatnot. You, I mean, it's tough. You can't have four lines of guys that are all going to score 20 goals. I, I think that's tough, right? You know, trying to have a balanced attack like that. I, I think you definitely want to have a balanced offensive attack in the first three lines as best you can. Obviously, your, your number one and number two line are going to be your best ones. You want your third not to be too far off, but obviously it's not going to be as good as your top six. I think that's the key. You want a top nine that can be an offensive threat and score. The bottom three... Yes, you do want them to chip in once in a while, but I'm more with you, Eddie. I, I think you take like the Delorier type, right? He came in there, he does his grit, he fights, right? And, well, he ended up getting a hat trick too, which was not normal, but, I mean, he, he chipped in, right? And he did have some goals. You, you know, you have Carter Rowney. He goes in there and he gets a couple goals here and there too as well. Those guys that can play a, a solid defense, check the other team, and, and kind of keep them in a little bit of a, of, of a bind, if you will. So you need some of that on the team still. I'm not saying you need a bunch of goons. That's not my point. But you still need guys that can be, like you said, quote-unquote sandpaper-type players or gritty players that can play the body, check people, slow down the other team a little bit, um, make them think when they're making a pass and things like that, not just have all skilled guys. Because if your entire team is all skilled and you have no size, that's what's going to kind of happen to you. You're going to get kind of run over. You can't you can't have skilled players all on your fourth line. I'm not saying you don't want guys that can score. You definitely want guys that can produce down there. But you still need to have a little bit of that rough edge on that line like you were talking about, Eddie. So that's a good point. And, well, and a good question that Adam brought up. I, I think, you know, that you do need to have a mix of that. Yeah, he yeah, great question. Like, even me playing beer league and playing, in, like, when I played in semi-checking leagues, when I knew other players that were way really physical, and I'm a small guy, I'm only, what, I'm only 5'9", and I played with guys twice my size, and I didn't have that much skill, so the people I played with, I had to be more physical, even though I, I, there was times where I got my ass kicked a lot. It just knowing that, you know, you, there's a guy up there running around throwing his body around. You didn't want to just – you wanted to get rid of that puck as soon as possible because you want – your focus was like on the other eye was like, okay, where is this guy going to hit like hit me from? And then vice versa too. When I played with those like top skill guys that I played with, a lot of my friends, especially in high school, like I had no business playing on, on the teams they played on. They just let me play because – you know, I went to high school with them, and I was cool with them, but I knew I had to do something different. So my job was to try to t take away time and space from the other players. I'd throw, you know, take runs at people and take away their time. So they have to have that one eye on trying to pass the puck to someone or shoot it or have the other eye on me because I'm going to come in there, and I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to go and, and throw it. Delore has 14 fights this season, and he's only lost one of them. He's one of those players that you want to look out for. You're on the ice, and you know Deloria's on the ice, and you know if, if you see one of the rookie players or more skilled players and you want to try to take a run at him for anything, you'll be ready because Deloria is coming for you. And like I said, he hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious shit. And he's lost one fight against McDermott, and that's a big guy, and it's a good fighter. Yes. One fight he lost. Hell no. I don't care what you say. You know what? If I'm with my girl and I'm at a bar and Delorier disrespects me, 
I'm going to make an excuse to get the hell out of the bar and tell my girlfriend after, like, <laughs> or a girl I have, like, hey, I want to kick this ass. I didn't want to go to jail or something like that because that's one person you don't want to mess with. And, Mike, like I said, I thank you again because that game you took me to when he scored that hat trick, that can be the, be- the, the best way for me to have my last game of this season. It was just so perfect. But, yeah, you need those type of players, like, in any physical sport, you want someone a little bit more aggressive than the other team because it just—it's a psychological game. Like, trust me, our brains aren't wired to take hits. Like, you know, I used to box in high school with my friends. We used to put gloves on in the backyard. My mentality wasn't to go over there and get my face bashed in. No, I tried to just deflect <laughs> as much as possible. And yeah, when I did fight guys that I knew that were better fighters than me, that were bigger than I was. I was still cringing. I was still a little afraid. And, you know, luckily they were all my friends. It was just for fun. But it still gave that little bit of fear. And I still, I, I was like a, at least a fraction of a second slower because I was still just trying to like block their, you know, not getting hit in the face. I was trying to block their stuff. But it just, it's a mind game and it really affects you. So, yeah, it, it'd be cool to have four full lines of skilled players. But there's a big saying too. There's uh, too many Chiefs and not enough Indians. So you have to kind of like, figure out that factor of it but you definitely need and you have need those those sandpaper grit kind of guys and i i still believe in the enforcers and you need, still need enforcers at least one on every team i think that would help the team and it would show a lot of players like hey don't screw it our, our top players because we have this guy guys like uh, uh rest in peace Derek bugart the boogeyman that was one guy that people were fearing you can even go to uh, goaltenders, Ron Hextall. How many penalty minutes? I think he leaked like 133 one season or something like that. You just you need players like that. It just I think it's sad that the game is transitioning where they're trying to like weed out those players. But this is a game of hockey, and you definitely need that kind of grit. Yeah, and, and what you're talking about is not necessarily just slow guys that run around and hit people. We're not talking about that. We're no, talking no about goons. guys that still play. They still play solid defense. They still skate fast. They still hit hard. But the key thing that you hit on there is they're going to defend your players. This is back. Uh, we can go way back in time here. I didn't talk about Todd Ewan and Stu Grimson, right? Oh, they would protect yeah. Korea and Solani back in the day. And, 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 and they would hit people. No, they weren't going to score goals. That's not what they were out there for. But they knew... That, hey, they would create time and space for Taemu and Korea. Because if the other team hit them or took a cheap shot or a big run at them, guess what? Those guys would get on the ice and they'd take a big run at those players. So, yeah, they may not create uh, you know offense and do all these things on the fourth line. But they would be that threat, as you talked about, that would give the, the skilled players on the other three lines more time and space. So, you know, th- that's part of it. They would try to take away time and space from the players they were against when they were on the ice. Yes, there's that aspect. But they'd also try to give those skilled players more leeway too because the other team knew, okay, great. If I go hit Tamu, the Grim Reaper is going to come kick my ass. And that happened. I remember going to all those games watching Stu and, and Todd Ewan just F up people left and right. And that was how the Ducks would, would play. And, I mean, you're right. The game has transitioned away from that. We're not saying have a fourth line with three goons. You, that's not going to work. Not at all. But you do want to have guys that can still skate and, and hit and whatnot. But guys that they're going to make the other team pay the price if they're going to get out of line or, or try to do anything to make a big hit on one of your players. And that's the key. And I think the Ducks have done pretty good with the fourth line. It, I don't think that's really been their issue so much. I mean, it, it has been at times. But... It's more the consistency and trying to score offensively in the top 
uh, nine. You know, we've seen other players disappear, and I think that's been the problem is, you know, this season you haven't really seen a lot of guys uh, doing scoring. I mean, you had uh, Henrique, Silverberg tearing it up, and Getzloff, and then outside of that, the drop-off has been a lot with the other players. So I think part of the problem is is you sit there and go, well, okay, Raquel's not scoring as much this year, so we got to rely on the fourth line. Well, it, it shouldn't be that way. Raquel should be scoring more. So there's things like that, I think, with the Ducks that is why Adam brings up these good points is that you get frustrated because you're not seeing as much scoring on those second and third lines. So now you're like, well, okay, the fourth line has to chip in. It shouldn't be that way. The top nine should be the one scoring. And that was just a huge problem with the Ducks this year. They couldn't get the offense going consistently night in and night out. A big, big problem um, for this team. But um, it's a great question or a great two questions from Adam. Yeah, we actually. And I think. Oh, sorry, dude. We spent some time talking about that, and I, I think a player that, that I guess the modern NHL kind of player that we want to see is kind of like Ryan Reeves. Uh, he's been doing well in Vegas. Uh, he had twenty points last season, nine goals, eleven assists, eight goals, seven assists this season, fifteen points. But he's that kind of enforcer kind of player that has that skill. And yeah, his numbers don't really do just because he makes those great plays, just like Delorier. Delorier. If you see him with the puck, he makes smart decisions. He doesn't cough up the puck too much. He he makes a, a great pass. He sets up teammates with opportunities. There's been times, too, where he passed the defense, a couple more passes were made, and he created a scoring chance and a goal was scored. So it's like all because he doesn't have those numbers on paper it doesn't mean he's not doing his job and the, and the small numbers that he has. Like, oh, he's not doing just. No, you have to look at it as the whole game he's, he's playing. Like, watch him from start to finish. Like, focus on him. Like, he's my favorite player right now from the Ducks. So when he's on the ice, I watch him. Like, just, like, just boom. I just sit my eyes and watch every play he does. He's just a, such a smart player. And he he has so much hockey sense, but he's has so much grit and physicality. And, and players and other uh, players from other teams don't really rush into him to try to, like, throw a body on him or to grab that puck real quick because they know if they hit him the wrong way, they have to answer the bell. So I think that's 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 one of those things that you need. And I, I just like I said, like Mikey said, I'm not saying, you know, throw a goon out there, throw a guy that can't skate, throw Floyd uh, Floyd Mayweather, like one of he's one of the fastest boxers or what's that one UFC fighter? <laughs> Connor McGregor. Yeah, I'm not saying throw players like that out there. No, I don't wanna see that. But I wanna see some skill, but I wanna see someone who can back it up with their fist. So that's um, a great question. We spent some time on it. I apologize about that, but really great question. I say Gwait again. Gwait, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Daffy Duck Gwait. I know. I, <laughs> have a, I have a Daffy Duck Batman post I want to post to you on Ducks and Pucks. I was just waiting for it, so I'll probably post it today since it's Motivation Monday. Uh, it's going to make everybody laugh. There you go. I guarantee it. All right, all right. So now that we've talked about all the forwards and, and whatnot, no great questions. we got more questions. The other thing that's come up is about the goalie situation, right? So if you missed it, uh, Lucas Dostal was awarded the goalie of the year in the Finnish Elite League where he's been just destroying it. Uh, at 43 games, he went 27-8-6. and six. Goals against 1.78. Save percentage uh, 93% just under, uh, 92.8. Also three shutouts. Uh, he had the best winning percentage in the league. And he had the uh, second best uh, overall goals against and third best save percentage. Just destroying it. And, you know, another guy to look forward to for the Ducks coming up, um, as we've talked about with these uh, entry-level contracts and whatnot. Um, and, oh, to mention that earlier, uh, 
we said that the other players, their deal started this next year. Uh, Dostal, the reason why his was last year is he was signed last year. He wasn't in this group. So that's why when I mentioned that on Cap Friendly uh, earlier, that was the little confusion I had. Uh, sorry about that. But he was already signed before. So that's why his uh, contract started this uh, past season. So with him, you have Dostal, uh, uh, Stolars, Boyle. Boyle is a UFA at the end of the season. You have uh, Derny that they just brought on on his new contract. And X and Elk. So you have a bunch of these guys in here, and you have fan questions asking about, you know, what's going to happen the goalie situation. Uh, we had Matt Fleshman on uh, Instagram ask, you know, who's going to replace Miller? Again, we don't know if Miller is going to be gone for sure, but, you know, the Ducks have to look to the future. And I, I mean, I like this goalie situation, Eddie. I, I think the Ducks are in a good situation. I don't know if Boyle will come back, I don't know if Miller will come back. If they don't, then there's going to be chances here now for these other guys. And uh, uh, I really like this Dostal kid. I mean, he's only 19, and he's just destroying it right now. Um, I, I think of the rest of these guys, he has the best chance. Um, you know, the other guys are, are good as well. But I, if I had to pick out of the, you know, these young guys coming up, he is the youngest, by the way, as I mentioned. Uh, I think he has a really, really good chance, Eddie. Um, what do you think, you know, if Miller doesn't come back next season, Boyle retire, uh, you know, who could maybe back up Gibson? Uh, I always stop Stolarz. Uh, Dostal has a good chance. His age, he's a little young, but these Czech goalies seem to come out of nowhere and not have really that much of a big name, but then tear it up. Uh, I mentioned the Czech goalies because the Colorado Avalanche have uh, Francois. Um, a nobody just came, you know, he signed, he's played with the with the Eagles in the HL, and now he's the backup goalie. And uh, at times he was a starting goalie. He held his own and did a pretty good job doing it. Um, it's going to be a battle, Dostal and Stolarz. Stol- I, I, like, I saw Stolarz play. I like his play. Um, as big as he is, he could just, you know, he could move laterally, and he's just, he's more athletic than his, his built is, so I like that. Um, do I want to see Miller retire next season? Not really. I, I would probably want him one more season, let everyone else below him develop that extra year. I don't think Miller has played bad, and he doesn't really seem like it's, it's time for him to retire. I don't know. I think he will. Uh, just from from things I saw this season, I talked about on previous shows. Uh, that one game, or that one road trip where he played one game, he had a break, and then he started again against Buffalo. Kind of tells me that was kind of his farewell game. Maybe I'm reading into things too much. I don't know. I hope he's back, but it, it's going to be a battle, and it's going to be a fun one. Another goalie debate. I know fans are going to go crazy. Well, it's going to be this goalie, <laughs> that goalie. But you know what? It's always good to have that surplus of of, of goaltending, um, use it for trade bait or have you know just competition with with you know amongst themselves. Um, there's no doubt in my mind Gibson's going to be the starter. Uh, he's earned that. He, he's had that role of you know he's one of our only uh, like elite and quote unquote superstar players on the team. So uh, there's no debate about, I'm not saying, oh, Stolar's taking Gibson's job or Dostal's taking Gibson's job or we're going to go sign some guy from, I don't know, a beer league and, you know, wherever. He's going to take Gibson. No, Gibson's number one. So it's, it's going to be, it's number two. Um, I, I really hope Miller doesn't retire. I think he is. I think he's going to be between uh, Stolar's and Dostal. He, he might, you know, he might throw into the mix. Boyle, too, if he chooses not to, um, you know, if Boyle's in there, I think he's a decent goalie. He hasn't really, really 
you know, been given the opportunity to show what he can do, but come training camp next season, you never know. Things can change. I mean, look at Bennington for St. Louis Blues. No one even knew his name. Like, some people can't even spell his name, but look what he's done. <laughs> he got a Stanley Cup. He'll never pay for a beer in St. Louis again, and he's their starting goaltender. So it's just it's, it's going to be a fun one to see and to see who can actually crack the lineup. And regardless, he's our Ducks goalie. We're going to cheer for him. Yeah, it's going to be interesting when the, you know, if Miller does decide to pull the plug, you know, with everything going on, obviously it kind of throws a wrench into things. So who knows? But if that happens, then there's going to be, you know, a battle to who's going to back up Gibson. As you said, they're not going to take over Gibson, but, uh, you know, it's going to be fun to see. You got some good uh, goalies in the pipeline here for the Ducks. So another positive thing to look for, um, you know, as, as these younger guys keep coming up, as we've been talking about here in this middle segment. And we keep on rolling with the fan questions. We've got plenty of stuff to discuss coming up. We've got several more topics here. Another one that uh, we answered uh, one of Ronald's questions last week. He had another one this week. Uh, you know, How do you think the players are staying in shape? A lot of them don't have access to a gym. Well, we learned about one of them. Uh, the captain, Getzloff, uh, did a uh, <laughs> video conference with a few other players um, in the uh, Pacific Division, we found out that he doesn't have a home gym either, Eddie, but he does have a chicken coop now. <laughs> so I, I, apparently they ran out of eggs. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with the, the stores around where he lives, but you know a lot of stores are you know you can't get TP and paper towels and all these other things. But apparently he had an egg uh, shortage, so his wife ended up buying some chickens and he built a chicken coop, Eddie. So I think. If you're staying in shape and you want a unique way out of everything I've seen, I've seen some funny stuff. I've seen some players doing lunges, holding their dog, getting on the treadmill with their pets and things like that. I think this one takes the cake, Eddie, at least of the things that I've seen around the NHL. Well, I was watching that movie. uh, It's on Netflix right now, uh, Beverly Hills Ninja with Chris Farley. Um, It's so funny. Uh, I guess uh, he's adopted by, uh, by ninjas. And there's a story about him being the great white ninja, and then he goes to Beverly Hills to uh, to try to help some girl because he likes her because she's attractive. But he tells Chris Rock, who's a character in the movie, um, hey, if you want to be a good ninja, the first thing it is to, to kind of chase a chicken and, and to catch a chicken or, or rip a chicken head off. I don't know what he said. But it was just That's what made me think about this. That was funny, the whole uh, gets off thing. Um, as far as the whole like working out, I have like the only thing I have in my house is our 15 pound weights, which sucks because I like to lift. Like, I'm not the, the I can't lift the most. I'm not like Mr. Bodybuilder, but I mean, there's only so much push ups and, and squats and stuff you can do. Luckily, I just remember all the, the punishment from the military and all the stuff they made us do without weights. So I've been doing that. Um, my ankle is pretty messed up for a little bit, so I couldn't go out there and run. And part of me doesn't really want to go out there because I want to be more responsible and I want to like kind of lead by example and, and kind of social distance myself and not do that. But I'm at the point where I need to get out. Um, so just, I don't know. I, I think the most important thing people can do is uh, work on their mental fitness. I know the yoga and things like that can help. But it's just, I don't know. Um I don't know what else to do to, to work out right now. I, I wish I'd go to the gym. I I I was only going to the gym twice a week. Now I wish I can go every day now. <laughs> so I guess after this whole situation, it'd make me go. But I mean, maybe I might buy a chicken and, and I get free eggs and I can chase it and it makes me do cardio. So I can help. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you could be uh, Eddie Rocky Balboa and you could chase the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's going to be funny, though. When I get drunk, that yeah. chicken beats the crap out of me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it bites your hand off. You know what? I got I to gotta change platforms. I won't be a fan of any hockey teams after a bird. Like, man. Yep, yep. Uh, well, you know, some of the stuff that you can do, uh, if you have stuff, I, like I have an elliptical at home, so I've been using that. That's been my big thing. Um, go on walks and runs and things like that just to try to get some fresh air. That's kind of what I'm limited to. You know, I don't have any weights or anything like that. Um, but it was funny to see that the Ducks head coach, Dallas Akins, did issue the burpee challenge. So the players are starting to do that. And he was <laughs> saying, hey, you know, you should do it by your number. Tamu joked on social media. He's like, oh, okay, I got eight, but, you know, how about Raquel there trying to do 67? And lo and behold, Raquel posts a video of himself doing 67 burpees. So it's pretty hilarious. So that's some other things that if you want to check out, we've seen on social media is things of that nature. So another thing that people have been doing is looking at these simulated games or and or playing video games while you've been at home. That was one of the things that you guys talked about on one of our previous poll questions. And we had uh, Matt Fleshman asked about that IG. What do we think about these simulated games? And honestly, for me, Eddie, I'm not really a big fan of them. I, I just I just want to have regular games back. I, I don't even like watching reruns of old games or anything like that. I'm just kind of over it. I, I think it's good that the teams are trying to do that to keep people's interest and keep people motivated uh, you know because if you're stuck at home and you're not working or when when you're um you know just have your your extra amount of free time like a lot of us now have being stuck at home uh i think it's good on them to try and do it but as far as for me personally i'm not really a fan of, of watching them i'm just i'd rather wait till the real games come back yeah same here i tried to do the simulated thing with ducks and pucks I and mean, ducks are doing simulated games so i didn't want to just you step over them and do the same thing and you just wanted to just kind of like let them have that platform, but I just, um, I like playing video games. It, it, it's fun. I only play my hockey game in a GTA Five. I have that, but my buddy gave me a, a Red Redemption game, and people have been telling me to try that out. I also have the Spider Man game on PS4, which is a mate. It's awesome. That game is freaking fun. Like I like that game a lot. Like I try not to play it too much because I don't want to get tired of it, so I limit myself to play it, but. I don't like to play too much video games. Um, as far as watching it simulated, I don't really like that. I get too anxious and antsy, and I just I, I don't have I guess the self discipline to sit there and watch someone else play a video game. Like I I can't do that. So I mean, it's great that the Ducks are doing that to keep the fan engagement. I love it. It's awesome, but it just it's not for me. So I apologize that we haven't been posting more about the simulated games. Um, but yeah, I, I like to play other video games though. NHL 20, I've been playing that. I have my GM mode. You know what? I actually made a Seattle team. Uh, I call it the Seattle uh, Dragon Hearts. I don't know why. That's uh, a little bit of Pink Whitney and some beer in me. I thought Dragon Hearts was cool, but yeah, I've been doing that. <laughs> Come um, on, Seattle Kraken, Seattle Kraken. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, but I, yeah, I buy that alcohol after that, but. Yeah, as far as that burpee challenge, Mike, I remember you posted uh, on social media like, "Oh, your number is 88," and you have that uh, that jersey that you made us for my buddy, uh, his tournament that passed away. I thank you again for sponsoring us, but your number is 88. So, <laughs> I mean, it I know. sucks for you. And I don't like burpees anymore because burpees were a form of punishment when I was in the army. I still remember we got in trouble a whole hour of burpees, and it just that was a punishment for us. So. 
like me doing burpees now, I just feel like I did something wrong, so I, I choose not to do it. It's a great exercise, and I might I might just do 44 as my hockey number. I might do that. Or I might cheat and just do 34 as my goalie number. Just do a little <laughs> bit less, but it, it was cool to get that. <laughs> I know Aikens. He's a he's really uh, you know he's really Mister Physical Fitness. He's all about eating right and healthy, which isn't wrong. And I'm glad he did that. And Raquel doing 67. Wow, that's awesome. He's staying in shape. I think he'd probably be one of the only hockey players that's ready to go once once they tell him it's time to play hockey. Yeah, hats off to him for sure. Uh, we'll wind up this uh, segment. Basically, one last question. It's kind of two questions from one person, a similar one. But uh, we had Irish Mariner 24 on Instagram ask us about the Ducks being a Stanley Cup threat again when that would happen. And we all have also had Mike underscore Grace on Instagram too ask us about when the rebuild would be finished. Kind of the same topics there, if you will. We did talk about the rebuild on the last show, and we talked about it being two to three years. As far as, you know, this getting kind of concluded, obviously this year's all out of whack, and then we'll start up next season, however that takes place. But I think the Ducks are still, as far as being a Stanley Cup threat, I would say at least three years out. I, I mean, to be a serious contender, I, I, I know people may not want to hear that, but I, I want to be honest, too. I, I mean, they're not going to turn around and win the Stanley Cup next year. If they do then you know, save this podcast and throw it back in my face. And I would love to be told wrong. But I think for me, Eddie, for them to finish this rebuild, uh, I think they can be a playoff team in two years. I think that's what we had mentioned before. But as far as being like an actual like threat, I think it's going to take at least three years before they could be a team that could possibly go deep in the playoffs. I agree with you. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the coffin. That third year, they'll be a threat. And it takes some time, and it all goes with development and, and how things go on from here. We have the expansion draft. We don't know who we're going to trade, who we're going to lose. So that plays a factor in it, too. It's just, you know, I don't want this team to be rushed and feel that they have to, you know, to jump in there and try to compete. I want them to develop at a rate that they're comfortable with, and they can just be the best players they can possibly be for the team. Uh, they have to remember that that name on the back is not that important because that, that logo on the front, it's all that matters. Uh her Brooks at that, you know, Team USA, it's all that matters, that logo on the front. And I really am a firm believer, and I stand to that. So it's just, I'm patient, and, you know, I'm not going to sit there and be like, you know what, Ducks, you know, having two, three bad seasons, screw them. I'm going to go jump on the Pittsburgh, Washington, whatever, whoever's in first place bandwagon. No, I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to stay talking about the Ducks as long as you guys would have me here. Um, so it's just, it's going to take time, and I'm patient, and I'm, I'm just wanting to, to play their best, and it's going to come, and we're going to win the cup again. And then LA's, all their excuses are going to go out the door, and it's, it's <laughs> going to be it. I guarantee we'll win the third cup before LA. I'm throwing that out right now. You can save this podcast, save my, my voice saying it. I think that we'll win that third cup before LA will get it. Well, it's interesting that you talk about the cup because um, we've got a couple shout-outs that I'm going to save till the end of the show. But this last segment, we're talking about news around – uh, the league, whatnot, or the world, or however you want to look at, and things that have come up. And there was a, a trade that happened that you brought up that Brian Burke had talked about with Joe Thornton trying to come to the Ducks, and he didn't. He went to San Jose. So then Brian Burke took to Twitter, answered questions, and then he finally gave what had happened specifically in the deal. And it, you know, it's 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 interesting to see that that it didn't work out. It happened around 2005. The Ducks did win one Stanley Cup after that. But if this deal would have gone through, it would have been 
I don't know. The Ducks might have won a couple more, Eddie. We've, we've learned that he had told the Boston GM at the time, Mike O'Connell, that he would protect five of his players and let the, uh, Mike pick someone else on the team. He would throw in another player, a prospect, and a first-round draft pick, all for Jumbo Joe back in 2005. And the deal didn't go through, Eddie. Instead, he got traded to San Jose. Uh, just crazy. I mean, it, who knows what the, all the players would have been involved. But could you imagine the Ducks back then getting Jumbo Joe, you know, 15 years ago in his prime? I mean, how crazy would the Ducks have been then, Eddie? Oh, that just be nuts. Oh, I, I can't even imagine. And when I, when I saw that, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, definitely it would have been a good trade. A way better trade uh, for Boston going to the Ducks than they did with San Jose. Uh, Boston has a history of making bad trades. I was going to go talk about a lot of their bad trades that that they made. But, you know, this is a Ducks podcast, not a, not a Boston Bruins uh, podcast. So if you guys want to look them up, go ahead and do that. But I think it would have been good. And I, I think it would have been for the players that Boston got from San Jose that they picked, I wouldn't mind having those kind of players leave Anaheim and we get Joe Thornton. And he's just more than an on-ice guy because he has that that, that that personality off-ice and he has that work ethic too. Like He just wants to be the best. Like I, I've I, People talk about him. I listen to Spit and Chicklets podcast, listen to a couple other podcasts. And everyone talks about his work ethic and how, you know, even on his days off, he still goes up to San Jose to the rink and to work out in the gym or skate because he wants to be there. And he just he just gives it his all. And I think that that work ethic would have been perfect. And I guarantee I, I was to say this right now that we would have had probably two cups ready if we had someone of his caliber play. It just it's just crazy. Yeah, I think the Ducks could have won at least one more. Uh, looking at that, and, it, and it's and it's frustrating because you know Brian Brooks said he was still bitter about it, and I don't blame him because the trade with San Jose only involved three players, and Burke was willing to give up you know four basically. I mean, two roster players, a prospect, and a draft pick. That's crazy. And the guys that ended up in this deal uh, with Boston, uh, you had Marco Stern, uh, Wayne Primo, and Brad Stewart. Primo and Stewart only stayed with the team for one and a half seasons. That was it. Sturm did okay. He had several 20-goal seasons for um, Boston. But, I mean, that was really it. I mean, it wasn't that good of a deal. I mean, ugh, it's just what could have been. So it was just kind of interesting. If you didn't see it, you can go on Brian Burke's Twitter feed, and he answered a lot of questions from people. So it's pretty interesting to see uh, what could have been for us way back then. Um We'll keep on rolling here. One other thing that came up recently, this is probably the only the, the bad thing that we're really going to talk about, but we want to talk about it because we don't tolerate it. Um, the New York Rangers did a Zoom. Uh, I know that s- some people have been using the Zoom. I've been using it with my friends too to try and communicate now. It's another thing people have been doing at home uh, with all the stuff going on. They had con- uh, prospect Condre Miller on there. Uh, really exciting, dynamic young guy. Looks like he's going to be a good player and work out for their organization. And unfortunately, some asshole decided to go hack the Zoom account and and throw the N word on there a bunch of times. And I, I'm just disappointed. You know uh, that that pissed me off. Um, this day and age, with everything going on, I'm I'm tired of people arguing and fighting and pointing fingers at each other. And now this uh, you know added to the mix. It's just unacceptable. Um, but the reason why we do bring it up is not necessarily the, this negative part, but the reaction that we saw 
uh, around the league about this. Um, you know, the NHL made a statement. Um, the Rangers, of course, made a statement. You know, we made statements. Uh, a lot of people chimed in on this and rallied around New York and Contre Miller, uh, especially with everything going on with COVID-19 over there. I'm not going to go into detail about it. You guys all watch the news. You know what's going on. Um, so that's why we bring this up is, A, you know, it's beyond unacceptable. But but B, Eddie, the good thing out of this is the response uh, just all around uh, from different teams and players and whatnot uh, supporting the city, the team, and Condre Miller. Yeah, I, I agree. And, it, you know, it sucks. We have to bring this – we have to bring more negativity what's going on right now. We're all stuck indoors. But I feel like it's our obligation to report what's going on, breaking news in, in, in the whole league. I mean, you guys love the league news. You guys love how we talk about like other things that's going on. And hearing this and seeing the video of this person uh, just throwing the, that N-word uh, continuously over and over again was just absolutely disgusting and heartbreaking. I felt bad for the kid. Like, It's it just, dude, if you, if you hate uh, a person of color that much – or anyone uh, because of their race, religion, why don't you go to their face? Like, uh, go and tell them in their face. Don't hide behind a screen. Don't be a little keyboard warrior. Yeah, you know what? You're, you, you know, you probably have a right to hate. I, I'm not gonna, you know, argue that. I don't agree with it, but it's like w- you're a bitch. I'm sorry. It, that was a bitch move, and you are not a hockey fan at all. And I, and people are talking about, oh, this is what hockey, you know, ho- hockey. Like, I saw other people activists, and I I, I really wish I would have talked to them, but I just didn't want to get into the argument. But I, I just, you know, don't take the, the small portion of people and, and generalize all of us because, you know, I don't care who you are, like what you've done, as long as you're not, you know, being a terrorist or anything. If you re- if you respect hockey, you love the game, I don't care who you are. Like, I walk into bars, I see you with the Kings jersey. I see you with the Wild jersey, a Sharks jersey. And I'll go up to you, I'll just shake your hand. I'm like, hey, bro, I'm glad to see another fellow hockey fan here. Like, it's, there's so few of us compared to football, compared to basketball, compared to baseball. So it's just, you know, it's just it was disgusting to see that. It was like a blow to me because I take hockey very seriously. I take the sport, like, you know, to my heart. That was bad, but the response to the, the, the rest of the hockey community in the world it came together, I loved it. Like, once things happen like this, we jump to it. We come together. The Rangers put out a statement. The, the league put out a statement. The Kings, surprisingly, too, really surprisingly, the Kings put out a, a statement that they're proud to have them as a hockey family. There's no place for racist remarks. Um, it, it, they just, like, went out there and went above and beyond. Like, they just, they just kind of, like... Uh, to me, it, it felt like they wanted to just make everyone part of the hockey family. They weren't trying to do it. Oh, look at us! We're no. They just I, I don't know. The Kings. I got. A, I have a lot of respect for them, uh, for the comments that they they made after the fact. The uh, the the I guess the reactive comments they made. Um, it's just disgusting that you know this player gave his time to try to talk to fans and in one cowardly idiot is just over there throwing out you know racist remarks and stuff like that there's no place in this game for it if you want to be racist you know go be racist in your own time or, or go tell someone that you're racist against to their face and, and get punched in the mouth because it's just disgusting and unbelievable but i love the response for hockey and, and everyone and and like i tell everyone and and i, I and i i feel an obligation to to say something when I see this uh, this happen like around the league because I love hockey, um, I'm telling you this right now. 
I don't care who you are or what you believe in, what team you follow. I appreciate you as a hockey fan, as an individual, and everyone that follows this page, that, that listens to the podcast, that, that throws your questions out. Like, we just, you know, we're all one team. We're all united, and that's all I care about. I'm not, you know, some person that's just th- throwing it out there just to, to have that little PR thing or I'm saying the thing. You know, I'm reading from a, a freaking book. No, I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart. Like, I, I love all you guys. Like, hockey is, is everything to me. Like, I love you guys. Like, I love my, my Army buddies that, you know, that gave, you know, like, people that I've lost, a uh, few people, uh, three people that died that I served with, that they gave their, their life for the country. I, I love you as a hockey fan as much as I love them. So, like, this kind of gets to me, but you know what? It just shows that, you know, this person's hate uh, it doesn't matter that little one percent of people that hate. There's like what ninety nine percent of people that sit here and love. Um, before Mike gets into the other news, I just want to throw out real quick. Shout out to Edmonton Oilers. They uh, posted a Simpsons thread, so let's get happy about that. Uh, they posted every Simpsons clip that had every team kind of mentioned in it. And of course, the Ducks had the little pig thing, so that was funny. And I want to throw out one little movie thing real quick. The Richard Jewell story. If you're a journalism or a communication major, watch this. If if you're just a movie fan or if you're bored at home, check out Richard Jewell. It's a great freaking movie. Like it's just so powerful, and the actor did an amazing job. So I wanted to just throw out after all that negative stuff and throw out two little positive stuff before Mike gets into the other stuff we have. Yeah, absolutely. The only other thing I'll I'll just chime in. Uh, you did a great job covering all of it. Is just if you use Zoom, set it up, password protect it, and do things of that nature. Don't just have it as a free flowing open thing when you're talking with your friends and whatnot. Obviously, this is different. The Rangers are doing it. They're trying to you know show it to the all 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 the uh, fans, obviously, and it's not you know four or five people. But when you're doing your little conversations with people, that's what my friends and I do. We password protect it and everything. That way, you know, some random person doesn't come in there and act like an asshole like this guy. But obviously, this is a much bigger magnitude and, and different scenario. But just keep that in mind if you use the Zoom for yourself and your close friends when, and family when you're trying to talk to people um, you know, around uh, the state or world or whatnot. So just a little note to, to you know keep them, uh, in mind when you use it. But you did mention the uh, hockey family uh, aspect too, Eddie. And the hockey family is getting bigger for the Ducks. Uh, on April 1st, uh, John Gibson and his wife had a baby girl, Sophia James Gibson. So congratulations to them. Uh, good little happy announcement there. Uh, bringing in another um, you know, uh, member of the Ducks uh, hockey family. Uh, kind of an extended uh, Ducks family, I guess. You'd look at uh, Joshua Jackson. If you remember him, he played Conway in the Mighty Ducks movies. He and his wife are expecting a baby uh, anytime soon as well. And it looks like the Ducks uh, are going to have a reboot of the uh, original movies, but in a TV format on Disney+. Plus. Kind of a different uh, take. It looks like there's going to be a team that starts up against the Mighty Ducks, kind of as that underdog role. I don't know how well it's going to uh, do. I kind of like the original movies and hope they'd keep them like that, Eddie. But um, if you have Disney+, Plus, that's coming soon. They haven't announced it yet. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Like, I, I'm not really sure how I feel about that. Like I said, I'm a big movie person. I started my little RGT4 movie page on Facebook. You want to follow it. Um, I, I just watch movies and critique them. I give some facts about the movies. I'm a big movie person. Um, I think I'm a subject matter expert on that. 
it's like the second thing I know in my life, or probably third thing because I know hockey first. I know a lot of law, law stuff, and then movies third. But it just, I don't know. I, I I'm not about reboots and, and sequels of classics. Um, the Mighty Ducks movies, all three of them were perfect. There's no need to to add to them. I mentioned to Mike about the Coming to America movie with uh, Eddie Murphy that that was perfect, and now you're uh, you're re- you know having a sequel to it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I'll try it out because I'm pretty sure fans want us to talk about it, but I just don't have high hope. I, I don't have high hopes for it at all. I just I, I don't think it should be you know kind of redone. It should leave it as it is. It's perfect, but you know what? If they release it soon. Then uh, I'll just you know I'll, I'll I'll take it for what it is. Yeah, I'll check it out, but I, I'm with you. My expectations aren't as high for it as you said. You know, the original movies were the best, so I I would leave it at that. But uh, a couple other funny things that surfaced this week to try and put a smile on your face that we posted, and, and other news too. A couple things here to wind down the show. Um, <laughs> the video of Korea beating Peter Forsberg and ping pong was beyond hilarious. I guess this happened a little while ago, but then it resurfaced back on social media and we found it, we posted it, everyone was going off. I was laughing at this because it wasn't so much that that Paul Korea beat him, but his selly afterwards was so funny to see him jumping up and down and screaming. And then he tries to give Forsberg a high five and Forsberg looks at him like, really? And and then I, I just thought it was a good, funny moment to post. I mean, we've been looking for things like this um, to throw on there that are, are comedy. We also had Tamu. There was a photo that the Ducks posted with a cat. That was pretty hilarious as well. Uh, I saw a lot of you people. We did a thing where we said, hey, caption the photo. And of course, a lot of the Tiger King comments came in. So I, I thought those were two really funny things, uh, Eddie, that were posted recently related to the Ducks. You know, not current team, but still things out there that at least put a smile on people's faces. Oh, yeah. Those are always good. And I don't know where you found that, but it was amazing. That was the, the funniest thing in the world. And I really hope they want to have a rematch someday because especially <laughs> right now, I don't care if you have like a on the Wii, do a, a virtual rematch from he, he's still in Sweden and, and uh, Korea is over here in California. Just the, the, the Mario Wii thing. I, I don't care what characters you picked. Because that was just amazing. And uh, Korea's celebration was just like, wow. Like you just, like he won the Stanley Cup or something. He It was a, <laughs> It was funny, and people appreciated that, and and that's the kind of things that we want to post, and we want just to once you find something like that or any little thing that's gonna make people laugh right now, that's our goal because it made you just take you know take your mind off reality for a few minutes and just smile and laugh, and you can share it and have everyone smile and laugh. I mean, it's all that that's all we can do, and that's all what it's about. And hopefully that those you know I, I was laughing for like five minutes, and maybe I was a little excessive yeah. on laughing. Uh, look, uh, <laughs> drinking was a uh, uh, contributed to me laughing that much, but hopefully you guys had a you know good laugh for that too, and it took your mind off of what's going on in reality because that was just that was so funny. And then Timu the Tiger, it, it was cute. And any picture of Solani, I mean, you're gonna smile regardless. I don't care if you're a Ducks fan, I don't care if you're a Kings fan. Solani's one of those players that he's universal. He is hockey. Absolutely. I mean, and, and of course, people love Korea as well, too. So those were two good, funny things. If anybody else out there sees stuff, let us know. We'll try and post as many funny things as we can. 
the last story I'll wind up here and, and, and we'll do it on a good note is Chris Weidman, as you know, plays down a majority of the time with the San Diego Goals. He was named the IOA American Specialty AHL Man of the Year. It's a mouthful. But uh, the point is, is that um, he has his Weidman Warriors, which he helps uh, the military down the San Diego area get tickets to games. He's bought four tickets to all the home games for the Goals. Um, and he gives those out as part of the charity. He also does a lot of fundraising efforts, and he does a lot of other events too, all around um, you know the Southern California region. So, just want to say that that's really awesome. I know it's a big deal to Eddie because obviously he was in the military. I have a lot of family that was in the military, as you all know as well. So, I, I like this very good thing. He's now up for another bigger award. I guess they they pick each team has one person that has won this um, award, and then they pick. Uh, you know, the best one out of all of them. So I hope he goes on and gets that. But if not, well-deserved, Eddie. A great story, a, a person that's made a big difference in the community uh, and just a good way to end up the show as far as our, uh, you know, kind of our news around what's going on in, in the hockey world. Oh, yeah. I, I thank him for that. Thank you uh, for him taking the, the, that time, his effort, and the money to, to get those tickets for military families. Uh a lot of you that haven't served in the military, I mean, and you support us. Thank you so much. It, it's not an easy life. It's hard. Uh, yeah, it's like it's it's all volunteer now, but it's just, you know, no, like no matter who volunteers to join the military, you never, you just it's different, a different environment. It just it's just different lifestyle. So I appreciate everyone that supports the military. If you don't, I still appreciate you too. Like it doesn't really matter to me, but it's just this gesture was nice and. This was like one of those feel-good stories where, you know, I want him to get the most uh, gratitude for it. He's not one of those players that just, you know, like, hey, I'm just doing this. Just, you know, everyone a pat in the back. It's just one of those things like, you know, the Ducks ownership, you know, paying their employees. So it's a really good story to end the show on, and hopefully it, it makes you smile. It's awesome. So, I mean, that's just pretty much it. Thank you, Chris, for doing that, and, you know, appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, anything you can do to help out is awesome, especially with the military, uh, either personnel or families and friends of. So we appreciate it immensely. It's, it's a great, great story. Um, to wind up the show, we got uh, some other shout outs that we want to do. We've been kind of doing these um, on these shows now to, you know, positive feedback and, um, you know, keep the good vibes going while all the stuff's going on. Like we said, this is kind of your escape from reality. We hope when you listen to the show and, and send you some, uh, you know, positive notes out there in the world. But, uh, some of you have sent those to us as well. And we like to relay them. So we had, uh, Michael Whittle from uh, Facebook. He said that it was good that we keep the podcast going. And he said that it helps him get his mind off boredom and also with his mental health, which sometimes he struggles with, which is a point that Eddie and I talked about. And we also mentioned if you ever need someone to talk to, you can DM either one of us or if you have our phone number, text us, email us, whatever. We're both available uh, to help out at any time. So we appreciate that we've been able to help him out with that as well. We had on uh, Instagram, mmpaintballer1. He said he's a big fan from Oregon and that he hopes to see us at a Ducks game next year. So we appreciate that comment. We hope to see you as well next year. Uh, Another one, the last one we have is uh, Bobby Carrillo. We talked about helping out restaurants on the last show. And that's something that we'll again discuss here. 
you know, if you can do takeout orders from certain restaurants and, and go pick up food and whatnot or deliveries to the places that you go to, especially the, the mom and pop ones, uh, we highly suggest it. He mentioned to me to check out restaurant.com. I guess they have a lot of good deals and coupons on there. So I appreciate the note. So check it out. I have not been there yet. I just heard about it. So I'm going to look into it uh, as well. And lastly, the a little updates on some of our gear. We're going to get more of the Ducks and Pucks hats in. Um, check them out on the website. You can go to tpnhockey.com. And the Fight Club shirt did finally come in. I've started shipping out to the people that ordered it. Sorry for the delay, but I'm glad to get those to you now. So um, with that, that'll wrap up the show. Eddie and I will be back, uh, like we said, probably a week, maybe 10 days, depending on what happens out there in the world. Try to keep you as entertained as much as we can. Um, you know, Stay strong. Stay safe. Be kind. Love one another. And as always, let's go Ducks.